It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU, your daily BYU Cougars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is Jay Catch, host of Locked On BYU right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I cover the BYU Cougars for the Zone Sports Network here in Salt Lake City. I'm also your BYU insider, bringing you everything you need to know about BYU athletics every day right here on the podcast. Welcome in to first-time listeners, long-time listeners. It's a blast to be bringing this show to you guys. I have an absolutely awesome time talking BYU with you every day. And the idea, like I said right off the top there, is to get you up-to-date on everything you need to know about the Cougars in a 30-minute podcast, more or less. Thanks so much for downloading us once again. I'm happy to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today, we're taking a deep dive. We are going into the depth chart that was released on Friday afternoon, shortly after our episode 4 Friday was posted. So we're going to dive deep on the depth chart today. We'll also catch up on what you ha- what you happen to may have well what you may have missed over the weekend when it came to BYU athletics. Some of the women's teams, women's soccer and women's volleyball in action. We'll let you know how they did coming up in quick hits at the end of the show. Kind of lay out how we're going to go about things today. We're going to split the offense and defense into two different segments here. Of course, offense garners the headlines. Nothing like a BYU quarterback to really get people's attention. We'll be starting off on the offensive side here in segment one. Then we'll flip to the defensive and special team side of things in segment two. So there you go. That's kind of the layout for the show for you there. All right, let's dive in. Talking offense, of course, the big debate all fall camp and even the offseason was who will the starting quarterback for BYU be? And come 2018, game one, we're back where we started in 2017. Tanner Mangum is your starting quarterback for the BYU Cougars. Battled with Zach Wilson throughout fall camp. Of course, they had a three-way battle, it seemed like, early on with Joe Critchlow also in the mix. He was very quickly weeded out and was down to two guys. Mangum and Wilson really went to battle in this. I can tell you guys from conversations I've had, things I've heard about this position battle, it went back and forth. Had you asked me about a week and a half ago now, I would have said that today, talking about BYU and game week getting ready for Arizona this Saturday night, I would have said it was Zach Wilson that was going to be starting. Uh, I just felt like everything I had heard was that Zach Wilson was performing better in scrimmages and practice. He was showing out very well. And I was I was beginning to change my opinion. I had been of the opinion that Tanner Mangum, as long as he was healthy, was going to be the man for BYU in 2018. But everything I had heard about Zach Wilson was that he was taking the job away from the senior. And in the last week or so, Tanner Mangum has taken the job back away from Zach Wilson. Uh, The reps last week were very skewed heavily towards Tanner Mangum, kind of indicating the coaches that's where they were leaning. I know they believe in Tanner Mangum's ability to lead an offense. They like his experience. Battled back from that injury to uh, torn Achilles to come back in as short of a time as he did. Absolutely incredible. He battled back. And I think the coaching staff wants to see a redemption story for him. 
But he's going to have to make sure that the redemption story is something that he writes himself. He's going to have to produce. This coaching staff really, really likes Zach Wilson. They're really excited for the future with this kid. He's a guy that the coaching staff believes can win them games. Even as a freshman, they really think he is that good. So Tanner Mangum is going to have to be that much better. He's had his moments. He's been, he's been, he's been, really look back. His freshman year, he wins two games on Hail Marys. He had some good moments even in 2017. It's been one of those up and down careers that some players go through. And Tanner Mangum, if he's able to produce, could put a bow on what has been, like I said, a topsy-turvy career as a Cougar. So I'm excited to see what he can do at quarterback for BYU. We'll see what happens Saturday night. I'm not thinking that he's going to get benched in this game unless he's just absolutely terrible, but we will see. Some other notes for you on the offensive side of things. Don't want to waste too much time. Too, don't want to waste too much time talking about the quarterbacks. There's some other stuff on the offensive side of things we need to get to as well. Um, if there was one position group in fall camp that has been hit hard by injury, it's the fullbacks. Kalani Satake said he feels lucky that BYU got out of fall camp without many major injuries, but a position group that it did decimate was the fullback spot. Uh, senior Braden Elbakri, the incumbent, the starter, he is healthy. He'll be starting this week. But if you look at the death chart, you're missing two names that entering fall camp were in the fullback field, and that would be Johnny, Johnny Kuje, Tapasoa, and Kyle Griffiths. Both of them were guys that thought, hey, maybe we can be the backup, be the future fullback once El Bakri moves on after this season. But both of them both both of them have been injured and they're gonna be out. It sounds like Tapasoa is potentially a season ending injury. He's out for the long term. Not exactly sure on how long Griffiths will be out, but he's definitely not on the depth chart this week. So they have a converted defensive lineman, freshman Darius McFarland. He's a box elder high school graduate back from an LDS mission. He is backing up El Bakri at the fullback spot. At wide receiver, we have a position battle going on. Neil Pau and Akile Davis are in a battle to start. Michael Simons kind of this, has been established as the starter on the other side for the outside receivers, the flankers, if you want to call them that. Talon Shumway backing up Simon, but Neil Pau and Akile Davis having that or next to their name. Early on in camp, I thought Neil Pau was going to run away from this, run away with this job, but Akile Davis has come on very, very strong, and he has been very, very good. I saw him running with the ones throughout all the last week when the media was allowed to observe practice. So the good news is for BYU is they feel like they have five or six wide receivers right now that can contribute. A walk-on freshman Dax Milne makes the depth chart as a third stringer behind Simon and Shumway. Milne has produced at a crazy level during fall camp. We'll see if he's able to carry it into a game. Gunnar Romney, the highly touted freshman, he's been slowed by a hamstring injury. He's also listed on the depth chart as third string behind Pau and Akile Davis. We'll see what happens there. At the slot receiver, Dylan Colley and Aleva Hifo are got the or with their names they're at slot both of them are going to play a lot I wouldn't be worried about Dylan Colley not taking the job from Aleva Hifo I think the both of them are going to play quite a bit and they'll both produce um kind of the last thing I want to talk about offensively is we have a four-man starting tandem at tight end there are three oars here at the tight end position Matt Bushman listed first then an oar and goes with then an oar Dallin Holker comes next the standout freshman out of Lehigh High School then you see another oar Moroni Laulu Pututau who's redshirt junior back from a foot injury and then finally another oar and you see converted offensive lineman JJ and Wigway. 
I think this is more of a, you're going to see all four of these guys playing type of a move on the depth chart. Matt Bushman hasn't necessarily had the most stellar of fall camps after a freshman All-American campaign. But Dallin Holker's come on strong. Laulu Pututau's being counted on to produce after coming back from that foot injury. A Liz Frank last year. And JJ and Wigway thought of as a blocking guy, but has shown some soft hands at points during fall camp. So I think all four of those guys are going to be on the field in some form or fashion. They also list another converted offensive lineman, Addison Pulsifer, on this depth chart. He'll be a more of a blocking guy. They list him at 6'5", 290. Not expecting him to catch a ton of passes, but I think he'll be more of a blocking set tight end when you need a guy out there in heavy sets. Final thing with the offense here is, is James Empey or Jacob Jimenez going to be the starter? They're both listed with an or at the center spot. I think it's going to be Empey's job. Jimenez has made a great run at it. Tristan Hodge had his moments at center. Hodge is currently listed as the starter at right guard, as he should be. He's been a standout at that position, so I think he fits in there. If Jimenez does lose out on this job, don't be surprised to see him rotating at left guard or even starting potentially at left guard. He's been that good in fall camp. I think MP gets the job, and we'll see what happens with this offensive line. It's been rebuilt. Brady Christensen starting at left tackle. Thomas Schof currently listed as the starter at left guard. But like I said, Jacob Jimenez could start there. James Empey looking like the starter at center. Tristan Hodge, right guard. And then Austin Hoyt at right tackle. This offensive line has got a lot to prove. they got to protect Tanner Mangum first off. They've got to open holes for the running backs. Squally Canada and Lopini Katoa listed as co-starters there. This offensive line has got a lot to prove. So it should be interesting to observe what they're doing to build this unit Uh, They're trying to find the best five guys. They've been doing that all of fall camp. They obviously feel like they've found five guys they they believe in. There still could be some shuffling. There will still be rotations on the offensive line, but there's going to be plenty to talk about as they perform against Arizona. There you go. That is our first segment. I want to remind you guys, Locked On NFL has become Locked On NFL of experts. Matt Williamson is hosting the Locked On NFL podcast and has a brand new weekly lineup. Every Monday, it's the Locked On local experts on the biggest stories. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus joins the show every Wednesday, and ESPN's amazing Mike Sando joins the show on Thursday. Be sure to follow Locked On NFL on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, to get this amazing content. We'll be back on the other side with more on the BYU defense. This is Locked On BYU. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Do you guys feel it? Do you guys feel what's going on in the air? It's fall time, and that means football is on its way, and that means it's also fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place for you to play. FanDuel is something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe them? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team 
team each week to win, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This contest locks before week one, so don't miss out on your chance and sign up now. FanDuel is something I've used for a long time. I've always loved their daily fantasy leagues. It gives me a chance to pick players, pick teams, and have a chance to win money. Well, this is another chance to win. $250,000 should be a fantastic season playing along with FanDuel. I'm really excited to be part of FanDuel this season playing, like I said, those daily fantasy leagues. I'm really excited to try out this new Survivor Contest. It's a fun way to compete with your friends, family, and even just complete strangers. To get in on the free $250,000 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me and everyone else at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You are locked on BYU. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On BYU. My name is Jay Catch, of course, your BYU insider right here on the podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate you guys downloading the podcast. Please share it with your friends, family, and complete strangers if you got to. We love bringing you BYU content each and every day, and it's a ton of fun to be talking about the BYU depth chart. First segment, we talked about the offensive side of things. Now we're going to talk about the defense, maybe even some special teams notes here. I want to start off up front. The BYU defensive tackle position had a surprise when that depth chart came out, and I thought that the three-man rotation at defensive tackle was going to be Kairos Tonga, Merrill, Meti Taliauli. His first name is Merrill, goes by Meti, if you guys are getting confused with that. And then also Lorenzo Fawatea, a redshirt freshman. I thought those three guys would kind of be your main guys in the middle when it came to the defensive tackle position. We've seen them running a lot with the ones in fall camp, but a surprise came when all three of those guys, Kairos Tonga, Meti Taliauli, and Lorenzo Fawatea, all listed at the nose tackle position one, two, and three in terms of the depth chart. Okay, you're probably asking, well, who's at tackle then? Who's at defensive tackle? That would be Bracken Elbakri, a walk-on redshirt sophomore, of course, the brother of fullback Braden Elbakri, and also a fellow walk-on defensive lineman Zach Daw out of Pleasant Grove High School, also redshirt sophomore. Okay, you're probably asking yourself, why are two walk-ons listed as 1-2 on the depth chart at defensive tackle? I'll tell you one thing and one thing only about this. It's about effort. Um, Hans Olsen, I host a show on Saturdays here on the Zone Sports Network, and I Hans Olsen was talking with me, and we both kind of agree. Bracken Elbakri and Zach Daw have brought a gun to a knife fight, I guess is the easiest way to use an analogy on this. They have been absolutely stellar in fall camp. They have been those guys that fight for every rep. They're going to make sure that they make the most of their chances, and as a result, they're being rewarded. I think that these two guys, they're not the most physically gifted guys that would be Kairos Tonga, Taliuli, Fawatea. Those guys have talent in spades for this position group. But what Elbakri and Dodd make up for that lack of talent with is just heart and desire. 
I think these two guys are going to be guys that help out this defensive tackle position because we found out last night that a defensive tackle BYU was hoping to get on the field this season, Tavita Moonga, who is another guy who's got talent in spades when it comes to the defensive tackle spot. He will miss the season. He announced on Instagram that he will be redshirting this season, will miss out. So you're going to need some bodies, and I think CNL Bracken Bakri and Zach Daw in the mix. They also list Earl Tuyote Mariner, who's a redshirt freshman, also on the depth chart. They're going to need all of these guys to contribute. I think that five-man rotation of Kairos Tonga, Meti Talia Uli, uh, Lorenzo Fawatea, El Bakri, and then Zach Daw, I think those five guys will be your main five in the mix when it comes to the two tackle spots on the defense. You'll see Kairos Tonga pretty much playing exclusively at that nose tackle spot. He is just just an absolute animal. All the physical gifts to make it to the next level. So interesting to see how these five guys work together. Some other notes from the defensive side of things is looking at the cornerback spots. Michael Shelton and Bo Tanner listed as co-starters at one cornerback spot. Bo Tanner, of course, rejoined the team in fall camp after announcing he was leaving the program in spring ball. And he is already atop the depth chart at Nickelback. He's a senior. He's got lots of speed. He makes up for what he lacks in terms of his ability as a cornerback, in terms of the technical ability. With just sheer speed, he's able to make up ground that not many people can do. Michael Shelton is a true technician. A little bit shorter and smaller of a guy, but he's been playing lights out this fall camp. So having those two guys at one cornerback spot to battle it out is good news for BYU. On the other side, Chris Wilcox. He's been in great position in all fall camp during the media portions we've watched. We have seen him in good position time after time after time. But the problem is he doesn't make plays on the ball. I don't know what it is, but he he needs to get past breakups, bring down an interception or two. He needs to start making plays on the ball, and that's going to be critical for BYU. Like I said, Wilcox, I have been very impressed with how far he has come in terms of his ability to defend passes, be in the position to make plays, but he needs to make those plays now. That's the next step for him. We'll see if he's able to do that. At co- at the safety spot, not the corner spot, we already talked about the corner spot. At the safety spot, Austin Lee, Troy Warner, and Diane Gonwoloku are your three-man rotation at safety. Austin Lee and um, Gonwoloku are listed as the starters with their names first on the list, but they also have an or with Austin Lee and Troy Warner and also Diane Gonwoloku and Troy Warner, both safety spots. So you're, it's a three-man rotation. Let's put it that way. Isaiah Armstrong is a guy backing up as well as Austin Kofensis. But I think this safety group is going to see three guys in a heavy rotation with some other guys to supplement them. Austin Lee has been one of my favorites in fall camp. I really like what he has done. A redshirt junior transferred from Utah originally. I feel like he has established himself as a true rotation player and really could make one of these positions his own. Troy Warner has been limited in fall camp. He's been ramping up his ability to play as fall camp went along, coming back from a Liz Frank injury. Good to see him back on the field. He could contribute a corner if need be. But I think that him and Diane Gonwoloku are going to have to really prove that they deserve this time on the field. I think you'll see Diane get more of the run to begin with. He's been through fall camp. He's been very good so far. But don't count out Troy Warner. He's got all the skills to go to the next level. 6'1", 197 pounds. He's got all the size you'd ever want in a safety or a cornerback. And safety's probably his more natural position. And we'll see if he's able to contribute and be able to avoid injury. That, that Liz Frank injury can take a while for guys to get back. 
All right, a couple quick notes on special teams before we wrap things up in this second segment. Is it the punter spot? Uh, Rhett Allman and the Australian uh, signee Danny Jones are still neck and neck at punter. They have the oar there. Rhett Allman's more of your straight-ahead two-step and kick punt, while Danny Jones brings that Australian rules rugby-style punt to the game. According to Ed Lamb, I saw that both will play. I think it's worrisome that neither one has really established themselves. In the limited reps the media has been able to observe, that I've been able to observe during fall camp, neither one has really been great. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen anything that says, wow, that guy is really, really good. They still have good punts every now and again, but it's all about consistency when you're a punter. So maybe game time will bring out the best in one of these guys, but currently running... 1-2, 1-A, 1-B, and we'll see whoever wins out this season, but it's worrisome right now that you don't have one guy sticking out. And then finally one note here, Mitch Harris, who's been the backup for Matt Foley, long snapper for his entire career, well, he is now the starter at long snapper after Matt Foley missed the majority of fall camp due to injury. Both guys are seniors, so it's good to see Mitch Harris getting an opportunity here. We'll see if he holds on to the job or if he seeds it back over to Matt Foley. I think that Harris has done great. I haven't, and like I said, we've seen limited snaps when it comes to the media portions, but I haven't seen a single bad snap from Mitch Harris. So that's good news on that side of things for the special teams. You never want to know the name of the long snapper. You know the two names for BYU. Just forget them and hope you never learn them again. Alright guys, we'll take our penultimate timeout here on the podcast. I want to remind you though real quick it is crunch time. Fantasy football is here guys. The NFL is coming and the Locked On Sports Network is delivering. Locked On has a brand new fantasy football show called Fantasy Football 24-7. Fantasy 24-7 will give you the latest trends, hot roster moves and where to get the advantage plus Ethan Turner the injury expert gives you the edge in terms of the waiver wire. Locked on Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to help you win your league, so check them out. We'll be back with quick hits right here on the podcast. This is Locked on BYU, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, working in the sports media industry, I have a lot of people ask me for advice, especially when it comes to sports betting. Usually it's what team to bet on each week, but the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash today, and you also could win big. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business and for fantasy people out there fantasy fans you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game there's a lot to do and a lot of fun to be had with my bookie that's why i'm urging you to make your way to my bookie if you win they pay Here's what I want you guys to do. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. MyBookie is currently matching listeners' first deposits 100% up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim this bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. That's MyBookie. 
Locked On BYU, your team every day. This is Locked On BYU. My name is Jay Catch, your BYU insider, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your source for BYU athletics every day. All right, guys, quick hits here as we wrap things up on the podcast for this Monday, August 27th. It's game week, everybody. We have made it. Long, hot summer here along the Wasatch Front, but we have football games that are going to be played this Saturday. BYU in Arizona to take on the Wildcats and Khalil Tate, their star quarterback, 8.45 p.m. Mountain Time, Saturday night, ESPN. Adam Amin, a good friend of mine, on the call. It's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm really excited for that. All right, so yeah, there you go. There's one quick hit for you, the schedule for BYU football this week. Wanted to talk to you about some results from over the weekend, though, as well. Women's volleyball started off their season. They're ranked eighth in the country. They went on the road to Duke down there in Durham, North Carolina, and they took care of business, winning both matches over the weekend, sweeping Duke 3 0 on Friday night's match and then winning 3-1 on Saturday. So they are 2-0 on the season. Coming back home later this week as they will host the BYU Nike Invitational. They're going to have West Virginia, Stanford, and Wichita State competing in a four-team round-robin format tournament. Should be a fantastic night. The MPSF, uh, not the MPSF, I apologize, that's the men's side of things. The WCC for women's volleyball. Very stout league, and BYU is among the best. So it should be a lot of fun this weekend out there at the Smithfield House. Get out and enjoy that. The women's soccer team also in action over the weekend, but they were they were on the short end of a 2-0 loss to number 9 at Texas A&M Friday night at Ellis Field down there in College Station. Hopefully BYU can bounce back, and they got to bounce back quickly because this week, number one ranked Stanford comes to Southfield. That is Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken, there at Southfield. The number one ranked team defending champion Stanford Cardinal coming to Southfield. Shows the prowess that the women's soccer team for BYU has that they can get some of these top-ranked teams to come even to their home field. It'll be a great atmosphere, I'm sure. Fans always show up at Southfield to support the women's soccer team. I would encourage you to go out and enjoy that game. And then finally, as we wrap things up today, I want to say a preemptive thank you and so long to BYU broadcast color analyst Mark Lyons. He has been on the call since 1980, people. He called the games alongside Paul James and then took over when Gregor Bell took over. This will be his final season calling games for BYU. He's announced he will be retiring after the season. A quote from him in the story on BYUcougars.com says, I was hoping I'd die in the booth, but since I'm still alive, I'm glad that I didn't. The game of football and BYU are so close to me. I am really appreciative to BYU and to KSL and IMG for letting me have this opportunity. It's been really rewarding, and I've loved it. 38 seasons for Lions. It'll be 38th year for Lions calling games this year. I'm excited to see what his final year holds for him. It's been a pleasure to hear him for years and years covering BYU. It's been fun to have the Arvada Flash, as the nickname the Gregor Bell, everybody knows him as the Arvada Flash, calling games alongside Gregor Bell. Big shoes to fill once he moves on. Don't know who that's going to be. I know Mitchell Jurgens has come on as a color analyst, not the color analyst, the sideline analyst this season for BYU. Don't know if he'll necessarily make the move up to the booth next season. But like I said, big, big shoes for whoever takes over for Mark Lyons. He's commentated on approximately 470 games in those 38 
28 years. So happy trails and a preemptive thank you to Mark Lines. We get to hear him for at least 12 more games, maybe 13 if BYU can make that bowl game this year. And it will be a lot of fun to see what his final year holds. Thanks again to Mark Lines. It's been a blast. We'll see if we can get him on the podcast to talk about his career. It'd be fun to get an interview with him. You can hit us up on Twitter at Locked on BYU. You can also hit me up on my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. Want to, pre- want to thank everybody who's downloading the podcast. We are one of the top podcasts on the iTunes 200, and we have maintained that since the day we announced this podcast. Like I said, find me online at Jacob C. Hatch. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com or at jhatch77 gmail dot, at gmail.com, jhatch77 at gmail.com. You can always find the podcast on iTunes iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts, Google Play, etc. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow talking about Kalani Satake's first press conference of the season. What does he have to say about Arizona? What are the court? What does he think about the quarterback battle having played out and having Tanner Mangum as the starter? We'll cover it all for you right here on Locked On BYU. See you tomorrow. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.